0: Aunts and uncles, anyone in need. Join us now to learn more about estate planning essentials with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here now are Michael and Don. I faced it all, and I stood tall, and did it my
1: way. Thank you once again to listening to our state Planning Essentials program. My name is Don Crawford Jr. I've been the co host of this program for many, many years now five, six, seven years, I think. Um, and I'm sitting with my co host, our state planner, who should be your state planner. Michael P. Cohen. Hello, Michael. Well,
2: my middle initial, Don, is B you know, as know, in beautiful. Right. So I'm kind of curious beautiful. as to why. Yeah, absolutely beautiful. Is Your you parents say? named you beautiful. I have a hard time. <laughs> I said B is as in beautiful. Oh, I didn't I'd, say that was. Oh, my name. oh, okay, but it is B, right? It is B, is in beautiful, yeah. Okay,
1: okay. It's not telling us what that real word or real name is, but that's okay. I'll just call you Michael. Uh, I say P because The topic of the day starts with Pete. I'm not even sure I know how to spell it, how to say it, but I'm going to try. And then you're going to define it for us and how it relates to estate planning for our listeners. And that is, am I saying it right? Per stirpes. Yeah, you said it right. Finally, like the 15th time before the show. I kept getting it wrong. And three syllables. Is it one word or two words? Uh, per two stirpeen. words. Two words, per stirpes. Okay, so please tell us all about per stirpes and per capita and what that all means for our listeners.
2: Yeah, because a lot of times we have people ask me the questions after you do a will or a trust uh-huh. or when they before they sign. What is this per stirpes? per stirpes? What does that mean? And who came up with that word? It's Latin. Latin. It's Latin. The okay. uh, Latin for uh, like roots, roots. or branch, branch, like of a tree. Okay, never heard of it. Okay. Yeah, per, per stirpes. stirpes oh, is the, and per capita means per head. Per head. Yeah, okay, yeah, got it. Yeah, yeah, very helpful. So, so it makes a difference in your will or trust. So, typically, you'll say in your will, "I okay." I, let's say it goes to your children per stirpes, okay, or per capita. Okay. What would the difference in that mean? Well, per stirpes means basically. If some, let's say you have a child, I'll just say it in English, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, if, it, you, let's say you have three children and um, one child has one child and one child has two children mm-hmm. and the other one has three children. Okay. If any one of those children dies before you, the child, the grandchild or grandchildren would take the share of their parent. Okay. So let's say I had a will. And I had three children, and it said, um, you know, uh, everything. My children get equally one third each. And if the uh, child with one child predeceases me, well, they get one third. They step in the shoes of their parent. Child number two, it says, okay, uh, they if 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 they survive, they still get their their one third. But if they also predecease me. Their two children would each take one half of one third. Okay. And of course, with the third child, if they also predeceased or uh, or just predeceased themselves, or that was the only one that you know predeceased, then they would have one third of one third, one ninth. Mm-hmm. What's the beauty of that? And, this, and quite frankly, that's what most people do is they have stirpes. Pres- now, it may not be that they, most people have an equal share, but it's less likely to be contested if you have things equally. Um, the good thing about it is I don't have to name. There's some bet- definite benefits. I don't have to name those grandchildren. Hmm. There might be other grandchildren down the line. Hmm. And if I said stirpes, pres- they just step in the shoes of their parent. Okay. But you have to mention this in your will you say per stirpes okay so I, all equally to my children per stirpes so um so if there's further and it goes down the line it could mm-hmm. even be great-grandchildren or whatever they take the share of their parent okay. so let's say that um both the uh, child and grandchild died but there was a great-grandchild of that one that had one children or whatever one child rather uh, then that great-grandchild would have stepped in the shoes of their grandparent and their parent, you know. So, uh, of course, then that's why people have underage trust, even if uh, they don't have any underage beneficiaries now. Uh, in other words, if you had, let's say, um, I give to my children. My children are 35 years old, let's say, and they have children of their own they are 15 years old, let's say. And down the line, the uh, 15-year-old grows and up and has children of their own. And let's say the child and grandchild die before you do. People are living longer. My wife's grandmother, who lived to be 107 and a half, two of her three children, and one of her grandchildren predeceased her. Amazing. So what if that grandchild had a child? You have a contingent trust, for anybody who's under whatever age you feel comfortable. Okay, so it's almost to, like a
1: birthright for these children.
2: Yeah. I mean, basically, that just stays in the family. A mm-hmm. lot of people want things to stay in the family. Okay. You don't, you know, what was the mistake that uh, Kobe Bryant made, if you may recall, a couple years ago? Yeah, he left a daughter out, didn't he? He had a child after he did it. And he named all the different beneficiaries. And he did, and since he didn't name this one, they had to go to court. To, to modify to make sure that that child was taken care of. Right, which is an indictment of his attorney,
1: right? <laughs> How did the attorney well, miss that? Uh, he sure the, he wanted this other daughter to
2: receive what she had coming to Yeah, and the courts agreed with that, Good. but they just had to go to court to do it. What a pain. Right. Yeah. Right. So a lot of times, so, <laughs> so we say, uh, so somebody comes to me and said, oh, um, we've had a new grandchild. Should we n- change our will? I didn't need to change it. I said, we've already taken care of it. Nice. Because it said per stirpes. And so we didn't really need to do it. Now, it could be, though, you have to be careful about, uh, we sometimes, you don't want, you, you know, typically what we say, unless the client tells us differently, that the child has to be born to, in other words, blood, or adopted by for them to get that line. But that could be a problem, too, so, in other words, stepchildren may not. If you want that stepchild, you have to say it, uh, or stepgrandchild. Interesting. And sometimes people do, of mm-hmm. course. But what? One time, I remember we had, or it's been more than once, um, uh, a child didn't realize that um, uh, he had a child from a relationship when he was a teenager, mm-hmm. and then the mother of the child says, "Hey, guess what? Your dad." Yeah. Hey, Jerry Jones. (laughs) Yeah, I knew that was coming. I knew you were going to go there. (laughs) Hey, Jerry Jones. Uh, Yeah, I mean, just even though I've gotten money from here for all these years, I Mm -hmm. think I want more. Mm -hmm. Uh, The uh, bottom line is, uh, so, uh, and and, and let's say that the grandparent doesn't have any relationship with that child. We say, okay, I want to say, even though it said blood originally, I exclude. So you may have to revise the will or trust Uh, to say if there's been a change of circumstances. That's why nothing in life changes. So even though you may have done a will 20 years ago, well, have the tax laws changed? Oh, yeah, well, let's say the, just talk about estate taxes just for a second. Oh, yeah, in around 2000, the estate tax limit, if your estate was greater than $600,000, then you could have an estate tax. And now, what is it? Mm $12,060,000. Oh, I think laws have changed a little bit. Anyway, uh, bottom line, law change all the time. We talked about, uh, I think on a show a couple shows ago, we talked about IRAs and the laws that change with the SECURE Act. Well, any event, laws change, relationships change, money changes, health changes. Mm-hmm. And as a result, you have to, do you, I think, that the law, if anything that I do here today, that everything's going to be the same way 50 years ago. Do I know what those laws are going to be? No, I don't. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what's happening. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Well, I guess we knew that Russia was going to invade Ukraine. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, but for the most part, we didn't know. uh, We don't know a lot of things will happen. Did we know? That had you, I didn't even know what the word pandemic was, I don't think, before mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. You know, epidemic, but I didn't know pandemic. Yeah, I, I didn't. Yeah. I probably mispronounced. I probably called a pandemic or right. something like that. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, who knows? We can't predict the future, but what we can, we can do is reduce as much risk as possible.
1: Does persterpes also apply to adopted children also? Uh,
2: We put it in Mm -hmm. our. It's all. It depends on what your definition is. Mm -hmm. But we put it in our will that children are considered born to or adopted. But it's all in your definition. Mm -hmm. You could say only blood. Mm -hmm. If you wanted to. Interesting. Yeah. If if you didn't like the child,
1: then excludes anybody else
2: who could come knocking with a handout saying I'm family. Yeah, because there's different types of adoption. Sometimes there's adoption by estoppel. There's all sorts of uh, things that uh, adult adoptions and Mm -hmm. things like that that are uh, probably beyond the terms of this time of this show. But the bottom line is so sometimes if you're concerned Mm -hmm. that uh, uh, your child might adopt somebody that you don't want, then you could change your definition. Right. It's just like, like, like. Sometimes we define uh, if if my spouse remarries. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about on uh, I think it was on the trust show about how we want to protect if our spouse remarries. What? How do we define remarriage? We could define remarriage any way we want. We could say cohabitation for one night. Uh, if that, we can define that as marriage. So right. it's all in your documents. It's all the way you want to. Fascinating. Oh. Yeah,
1: so and I guess a lot of it con- that will come down to how a judge might interpret it too. They may just say, "But your honor, I was twenty years old. That was forty-five years ago. I didn't know what I was doing." And and like the Kobe Bryant thing, it's a little ambiguous. It's not because you know he wouldn't want to preclude one of his daughters. But in other situations, since it was decades ago, maybe a judge would be a little more sympathetic and merciful.
2: I don't know. <laughs> You have to look at. First of all, the the court's going to look at all the facts, yeah. and every facts and every situation is kind of different. But you're going to look at generally what people agree to or what they say. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ter- you know, the like on a contract, you look what the four corners of the document, see mm-hmm. what the intent is. It's The problem, like on wills, is when it's ambiguous. Mm-hmm. That's when it's open to interpretation that, that that's where there's a problem. But if you clearly state, so the, the key thing is to clearly state whatever your intentions are.
0: Mm-hmm. You sense. don't,
2: you never, remember we talked about a show that we say don't use what we call precatory language where, uh, or, or certain types of language where uh, you say may, or as sh- uh, opposed could. to shall. Right. Or, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's scary. Okay, well, good. I'm glad you know it has to be definitive so that it, it is not open to ambiguities and doubt.
2: You try to yeah. be as clear as possible as to your intention. Mm-hmm. So it'll be make it easier for, if there was a problem, that there right. it, you reduce that no risk. No judge
1: or a, opposing attorney could fight it.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Usually on wills, by the way, the, the most common things that people uh, contest are either Undue influence or hmm. uh, lack of mental capacity. Oh, okay. So if you're concerned about capacity, then usually we have a doctor sign an affidavit swearing that the person had enough capacity. A lot of times sure. it's hard to determine capacity. Uh, and um, the uh, if you have undue influence, well, you have to be careful because that's one that's really a, a problem because a lot of times, let's say you have a husband wife, uh, you know, they want to sign the will together. Mm-hmm. And usually that's not an mm-hmm. issue. Uh, but if you thought there was different marriages or something like that in the kids, then maybe you should separate the, have them at sign at separate times. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it could be an issue. Or if you had the kid uh, that said, uh, you know, was there when they signed the will and it was, everything went to them, then right. that might be an issue. You know, it's interesting
1: because you talk about ambigu- ambiguities and being ambiguous. A power of undue influence That alone is ambiguous. What does that really mean? I'm just sitting here thinking, what does he mean by that? The power of suggestion, is that influence? The power of threat, is that influence? I mean, how far does this go?
2: Yeah, so remember we talked about last year, I think it was in Charlie Pride's case. Yes. Remember um, the one child that was born of a different relationship was saying, look, uh, dad lacked capacity, well, either lacked capacity in his wife tried to influence him as to how things went so it would go to her and her children and not me and so therefore the will's no good and uh and therefore if it's go it's no good and I'm a child then I will get a bigger share of the pie yeah we this is this is you know I and again I don't know we talked about Jerry Jones and the paternity suit and I'm not saying that this uh, woman, I, I'm not. I don't know all the different facts, mm-hmm. and I'm not making any uh, things. But quite frankly, if uh, you know, if she, if I'm sure that Jerry Jones has great uh, attorneys and yeah. has protected things. But if somebody didn't, then then the question would be um, if if there was undue influence mm-hmm. that, and they were a child, they try to set it aside, saying there was a lack of capacity or undue influence, mm-hmm. and therefore that they might. Take a, under the laws of intestacy. All right, so yeah. so you have to be kind of careful on that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, or else get ready for the shakedown. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I mean, quite frankly, that happens. Yeah, it happens. It, it happens. Said so, um, go so, ahead, Michael. So, yeah. You re- see, when you have reduce. if you have things equal, mm-hmm. you're more likely that there's less likely to be a contest. Right. You reduce fighting. Mm-hmm. It makes it clear. It goes from generation to generation. And so it's equal. Um, and you've always said over
1: the years, even my father has done this just to be safe, to mention those by name who are not included in the will, who inherit nothing, just to be safe.
2: Yeah, I, you know, some people don't like that, but um, I prefer to do that. Yeah. Because I don't want people to think that we forgot. Right. That's the point. No. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so the advantages are you don't have to amend your will mm-hmm. or do a codicil. Right. You keep the same line of dissent. Mm-hmm. Uh, it reduces risk on fighting. Mm-hmm. Um but I guess the risk is that if there's a problem with that beneficiary down the line, maybe there is that unwanted child, the one yeah. with that bloodline. Yeah. Maybe that grandchild or great-grandchild that you didn't even know about is has a drug addiction, mm-hmm. credit issues, things like that. Mm-hmm. So if you see something like that, then you may have to prepare as if there was an issue. So like a lot of times if we know... That somebody has a issue, you have a contingent trust. Or if they have a drug addiction, you have a contingent trust. Mm-hmm. Or if they're a minor, you have a contingent trust. Or if you're concerned about remarriage, you can have a contingent trust. Or if you, you know, the list goes on. But so you can prepare. But if there could be generations down, and you may not know that. So that's the risk you run. And if you see start seeing things, well, again, life changes. Well, then you have to make a change at that time. Exactly. And life
1: does change. Uh, remember that phrase, per stirpes. It could be something you want to consider or ask about at Michael's next workshop which is coming up. That is on Saturday, July the 16th at 10 o'clock. And this is when you have an opportunity to ask Michael about anything regarding estate planning or government assistance. And this this workshop is in person. They're all now in person. Again, we are in the post pandemic era. We hope and pray for good for the long term. And this is why they're all going to be in person indefinitely and hope and pray nothing else happens like what's happened in the last two years. And Michael, tell everybody what goes on at those workshops.
2: Well, we ask people what they want to know about estate planning. It could be anything. It could be about wills. It could be about trust. It could be about public benefits. It could be about uh, anything about some different tax issues in connection with planning. We don't know what you're going to ask, but we ask what you want to know. Over those two hours of that free estate planning essentials workshop, we answer those questions as well as giving a presentation. If we still don't have answered all your questions, uh, we do give the opportunity for a free one-hour vision meeting. So you basically get three free hours without any cost. How would you obligation. not want to do
1: that vision meeting? Because you get to ask specific questions about your own circumstances. It yeah. sounds so yeah. smart.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So we get to see and get in private if you want, it and didn't right. want to talk about things in public. hmm So we see what you want to know. Mm-hmm. And we answer those questions and let you know what your options are. And if everything's good, we tell you, okay, that's fine. No obligation. To sign up? To sign up, all you have to do is call 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. Or sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com. That's Dallas elderlawyer.com. That's the
1: easiest way. That is easy. Uh, it's all easy, and it's, it's time well spent. It's invaluable. You will learn a lot, and you'll get a very specific, if not definitive answer to your question regarding uh, estate planning or government assistance. All right, Michael, one final word or so on per capita and per stirpes?
2: Yeah. Um, per capita means per head. huh. So if you said per capita in that situation that we talked about before, you may disinherit basically the descendants of the one who died. Oh, so if you had that three children, then if you said per capita, the two surviving children would get each one half, mm-hmm. and so that grand the grandchildren of the deceased would not take anything. I follow. Very helpful. Thank you for clarifying that.
1: Um, that was a question that did cross my mind, and probably others as well that are listening to this program. Um, with about five minutes left, we want to talk about a different topic. It's one that crosses many people's minds. And it's, it's very obvious that you would ask yourself this when someone passes away. And that is, well, what do I do first? What do I do next? Well, I reach out to the attorney and well, he know everything. So, Michael, there's almost like a step-by-step process for something like this, I would guess.
2: Yeah. Um, we actually have an article on 47 things to do when a loved one dies. Oh, wow. But I'm not going to go through that. I think I'm just going to keep it simple as where do you keep your estate planning documents? Okay. And, and so, because that's a question that's almost every time anybody signs something, they say, what do I do with this now? Right. Well, the first thing is you got to keep it in a safe place. Okay. Free from the elements. Free from fire free from water, tornadoes Mm -hmm. we have here. So usually we recommend a safe at home, Mm -hmm. at least something that's fireproof Mm -hmm. and hopefully something that's even stronger, uh, you know, that's a bigger safe or something that's safe. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, because if you have a safe deposit box, well, there are some issues with a safe deposit box. Uh, You have to, first of all, uh, by the way, if you have the save at home, obviously, another thing is you better let the children know what the combination yeah, is right. or where they could locate it. Mm-hmm. If you have a safe deposit box, you have to have the names of the potential people who could get to it on your signature card. Interesting. So I have a safe deposit box, mm-hmm. and we have not only my wife but my two children, once they reached age 18, to be on the box. So they could get to whatever's in there, whether it's jewelry or whatever it may be. uh, Of course, now, banks aren't open Mm 24-7. If you have a safe at home and you have a key, well, then they could get to it. Mm -hmm. By the way, what happens if you only had a a copy of a will? We've had this happen. Somebody had a safe deposit box um, and they only had a copy of the will. You, and of course, with a will to probate it, you need the original generally, or else it may be presumed to be destroyed. Now, mm-hmm. there are ways to probate a copy, mm-hmm. but it's more difficult. Uh, but if, under the Texas law, if you have a copy of the will, then the bank or somebody from the bank would have to open the box with you to see if you could find the identical will in the box. If they do, they can either give that to you or send it directly to the court. So, again, the safe deposit box, whereas some people keep their safe things like wills uh, in their box, um, there are some obstacles if bad things happen.
1: Didn't you also teach us over the years that uh, the city or state
2: has to have a copy of the will so you could get it that way too? When you probate the will... probate. You have to give the original will, or you should be giving usually the original will to the court. Okay. Most people don't store the will uh, at the courthouse uh, until death. Okay. Uh, the uh, it's funny. Uh, I was talking about somebody with a ladybird deed uh, earlier this week, and she and I was talking about having trying to avoid probate by having an affidavit of heirship. She said try to sign it now. I said, "Well, rumors of your death have been greatly exaggerated. <laughs> Just like you don't probate a will until after you die. Exactly. You don't have an affidavit of heirship swearing right. that you died until after you die. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Good advice. Yeah. So, um, so really, you ha- the most important thing is keep it in a safe place. For- others must have access. To it, mm-hmm. and they got to know where it is that they even are, if they're even uh, that you have something. Mm-hmm. So, if they don't know you have it, you got to know not only where it is, mm-hmm. they have to have access to it. Mm-hmm. Just like on, um, even if you had, uh, gets to be more complicated, like on cryptocurrency, you have to have all those instructions on Your how to get to it, passwords, passwords and pass keys and all those different types of things. So you may have to give instructions if it's more difficult Mm -hmm. uh, on things like that. But Mm -hmm. keep your safe places in a safe place. Uh, We recommend a safe at home, but uh, if you do have to have a safe deposit box, uh, sometimes people keep it with their kids in a safe. Mm -hmm. So you keep the original, especially if there's some sort of – you know, you see sometimes situations where some people have some the beginnings of dementia. They accidentally st- destroy their own will. Oh, well. yeah. So, okay. um, so, so that there are times where maybe the kids or somebody who you're going to have as your executor that you trust right. that uh, would keep it in a safe place,
1: which is good. Or you would like to believe that the deceased's attorney. Would know where everything is, but you should never assume that.
2: Sometimes they don't know either. Well, remember, attorneys die also, and attorneys uh, move or Mm -hmm. retire. Uh, And if you have something old, you might also, one other thing Ah, is you might want to shred it.
1: Good point. documents.
2: You know, if you had an old will, you know, and you've had something new, it's changed Mm -hmm. uh, that you had that supersedes. Nightmare. Yeah, I mean, some people try to use that. Goes, oh, this will wasn't good, so I can go back to the old will or whatever. But if you don't want that anymore, mm-hmm. you may. Uh, or let's say you had a power of attorney, you didn't revoke. You know, power of attorney. Unless you revoke it uh, and give notice to the agent, it might still be good. Right. And so you may want to revoke that power of attorney. Okay. Uh, you don't always have to record a power of attorney unless it's dealing with real estate or unless you say that in the in the document. But in any event, sometimes you shred old documents. Makes sense. And if
1: you want to know more, attend Michael's next workshop. Again, that's coming up Saturday, July the 16th at 10 o'clock. To sign up for that in-person workshop, not online, in person from now on, dial 214-720-0102 or go to DallasElderLawyer.com to sign up up for that estate planning essentials workshop. Dallas Elder Law Attorney Michael Cohen, I thank you, sir. Thank you, Don. The shows. I took the blows and it my
0: way. A leading estate planner practicing law for decades in Dallas, Texas. Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the Texas and federal laws. The next step to that end is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com and sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. Or you can also call him by dialing 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102.